0: Hello and welcome to Blue Royalty, a London is Blue podcast dedicated to the Chelsea women's team. I am your host, Jess Parker Humphreys. I am going to do an apology at the top of the show if my voice is a bit rubbish. I have been at a wedding uh, all weekend. I spent a number of hours doing karaoke last night and then I woke up this morning um, and my voice had dropped uh, by a couple of tones. Um, but... We are here. I'm with Abdullah Abdullah. Uh, Despite being at a wedding, I did still watch Chelsea, obviously. Uh, And we have got two Chelsea wins to talk about because since we were last in your ears, Chelsea have beaten both Liverpool and Everton at home in the WSL. One game a little bit more relaxed than the other. Um, I am a bit pissed off that I was at the Liverpool one and not the Everton one, but hey-ho, they were both wins. Um, We'll obviously focus predominantly on, on Everton, but I think touch on the Liverpool game as well because... Both performances taken together, even though the scores ended up being quite different. The manner of winning was different. I think uh, there were some interesting green shoots coming from, from both those games. Uh, but Abdullah, how are you doing? How is your week been? Good vibes coming out of Chelsea only this week, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All,
1: all good here. Just uh, obviously coming off the weekend and, and a nice way to end it with a huge 7-0 win. And yeah. Um... Obviously some key performances to talk about, but yeah, I mean seven nil. I don't even remember the last time we scored. I, I forget forget scoring. I don't remember the last time we had a game that was relatively this easy and this relaxed. And it was so nice not to be stressed for 19 minutes because Chelsea, both men and women, are extremely stressful to watch lately. And both the men and women won, and Chelsea won. Obviously, both the Merseyside teams. Uh, in the last four or five days, so overall, really good, uh, really good win. And you um, know, four four games to go, and uh, just four more wins to to do it. I'll take four one nils. Not a problem. Just just go for it.
0: Yeah, it's funny because after the Liverpool game, I was like, oh, it's so funny when you get to this bit of the season, and you're like okay, like, obviously we're here, we still want to talk about the performances, we still want to talk about the way we played, but you're also like, okay, like, it's just win at whatever cost. And then you have games like this, and you're like, oh, my God, like, this team is so funny, because it's either, like, this weird, like, scrappy win where you're like, you you deserve to win, but it, it took a lot more effort than it did, or then suddenly you've got these, you know, five goals from five shots on target in a first half. I've got to shout out Kings Meadow as well because the Kings Meadow at this time of year for an evening game is so beautiful. Uh, obviously, we had the hot dogs on Wednesday. It was gorgeous on the telly last night. And those evening kickoffs are like weirdly pressured, I feel, especially at this point in the season. And I obviously kind of miss most of the other WSL games, but having that feeling of like, okay, Arsenal played and got this 1-0 win on Friday night. And you see United playing, they win, City suddenly lose. But then it's all, you know, everyone's eyes are on you for that 6.45 Sky Sports kickoff. Um, But we didn't have to worry for very long. Let's look at some of the three-word match reviews from this game. Clayton coming in with Chelsea's coronation parade. Like that, it was the coronation in... Uh, England this weekend I skipped it um, and I was quite glad to but um, congratulations to anyone who likes that stuff. Uh, Ishan Shah going with goal difference matters yeah actually a really really crucial bit from from this match. Um, Carlotta at Treacherous 13 going terrible no more. There'd been a couple of drives on Twitter this week I think about Chelsea's style of play um, and they were answered quite convincingly. Two pressures going with welcome back Panilla. Caden Charpentier, Clinical Sunday evening. Chelsea Women Supporters Group going with boring, boring Chelsea and a winky, sticky out tongue face. Bonzo Tim says that Chelsea swagger. Sam Boat, underscore CFC says Watch Out United. Abdullah, what are you saying from this game? Ice cold Penilla in brackets is back. So I was so
1: excited for that. I go and she went, I was so I was actually really glad. That she was the one brought on over Lauren James, and when when Sam Kerr went off, and, all right, here we go, and then first touch goal, and just yeah, I mean I'm, who knows what happens at the end of the season, but if this if we're gonna get peak Panilla for the last few games, and I'm excited for it.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll talk about Panilla. I think a bit a bit more later on in the show because I think against uh in both games she she looks like she's come back in in really good form, uh, and it's like a massive, massive boost um, to to have that injection of fitness, really, Um, you know, in terms of a player who hasn't absolutely killed their legs playing a million games uh, over the past couple of months. Um, I will go with it's run-in time, and I'm putting a hyphen in run-in to make it three words, just because I feel like, uh, yeah, I guess I kind of already touched on it, but like, you get to this point in the season where it feels like everything we've learned about the team over the season kind of goes out the window and it becomes just a bit more of a Chelsea just switch into something different, like a different gear. And it's not necessarily about like blowing teams away, although obviously we did that with Everton, but it's just like a getting it done energy um, that's, that's so impressive. And, you know, I know there's been a lot of stuff this season about how the mentality monsters label that Chelsea have had in the past, um, maybe it doesn't feel like it's applied so much because you've kind of had these collapses against Arsenal in the Conte Cup final, for example, Um, but it's really these moments, these games, I think, which is where that stuff comes from, where where those ideas come from and, and yeah, I don't know if we will go on and win everything from here, but certainly off the basis of these two performances, um it looks, it, it feels promising, it feels promising, but you know, we've got to sit tight and there will definitely be more nervous moments before we reach the end of May. All right, we are obviously talking about the game against Everton, 7-0 win for Chelsea, goals from Guru rice in the 12th minute Sam Kerr in the 25th minute panilla harder with her first touch in the 33rd minute Sophie Ingle in the 44th Jesse Fleming in the 47th Penilla Harder again in the 81st and Aaron Cuthbert in the 92nd uh, a very comprehensive win Abdullah talk us through this lineup uh, a couple of little a couple of changes some rotation I think I think like we'd expect um compared to the Liverpool game and you know, I guess Liverpool and Everton are both teams who kind of don't really have anything to play for, but we did see Liverpool beat City this weekend. Um, so maybe it makes sense, you know, that actually this was the game to rest players because we've got Leicester midweek.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, uh, Jess Carter setting out is, is was a slight surprise, it's obviously considering the form that she's in, but um, obviously uh you know Parisay coming in and, and obviously Charles Meilden and Ericsson I think was was a really good back four you know Fleming moving back Kankovic coming in Kanerit starting a game which you know I I, th- I thought the I thought the changes generally made sense obviously Lloyd Paul sat out as well Sophie Engel gets a game after I think a while at least in my mind um it was a really good lineup all things obviously hindsight's a great thing they won 7-0 but you know, looking at that team, I actually was quite liked it at first. Uh, I was I was, I was, was quite intrigued to see the Jesse Fleming-Sophie Ingle double pivot because we were so used to seeing Jesse Fleming slightly higher. And then obviously you had Canerad finally starting a game and Wrighton on one side. So you almost had two truer wingers um, playing. And, and obviously both can come inside, but they're they're, they're very, very fast and they can both uh, uh, play on the outside as well. And I think Kankovic is at number 10, I think was, you know, with, with Kerr is good and it's uh, a lot of energy there. So... Overall, I really, really like the I really like the lineup, and you know maybe a tweak. I mean, you maybe you want to bring in uh, an Aaron Casper into, into into that starting lineup, but other than that, I'm actually not completely opposed to this being, you know, our starting lineup if we have to use it again in the next few games. So I I thought it was good, and 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 uh, yeah, it was it was quite uh, it was quite good to stop possibly what. Everton had a little bit of a defensive side, slightly, so it needed some sort of attacking impetus, and I think I think the fact that Cannard and Wrighton were were the ones chosen on the outside uh, wings was, I think, a, a smart choice.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think you know it, it was that combination of kind of of freshness um, coming in, which which I thought was a big boost to the team. Um, also, I think we did kind of benefit from Aggie Beaver Jones being ineligible, Jess Park being unavailable like obviously that those two probably have been Everton standout players um this season uh, maybe alongside Nicklin Sorensen but uh that that I think really really helped um just some of the stats from this game Chelsea had 17 shots to Everton's 8 11 on target to their 3 Pretty even possession, 55% to 45%. Two fouls for Chelsea, eight for Everton. Four offsides for Chelsea, one for Everton, four corners for Chelsea, two for Everton. Expected goals of two point one for Chelsea to Everton's 0.4. Um, as we said already, five goals from five shots on target in that first half. And interestingly, Abdullah, it's the first time this season we've had a plus 1.5 XG difference, um, like that or greater, in back-to-back WSL matches taking in the Liverpool game and this one, which I guess just shows us, like, we've got two very different results on paper, but, like, actually maybe those performances had, had more in common than if you just looked at the results alone, uh, you would think.
1: Yeah, I th- I think chance creation is getting a little bit better. I think there's a bit more of a fluidity in in, in in the way Chelsea are attacking. And I think there's a fluidity in the way they're attacking even after rotation. I think that's the biggest thing, right? The fact that Chelsea can now bring in Canard and Kankovich to replace Lauren James and, and, and whoever else to to then, you know, produce attacking performances, uh that that you know that that warrants a a win and let alone a seven nil win, um, I mean if I mean if I remember the the, the stat that I was seeing on 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 on, the, on TV was, I think they had an XG of like one point two and they were like five 0 up so they overdid their XG by like five like five times you know in the first half and I was like that's insane I mean like this is Chelsea on a good day when they were when they were supremely clinical it was almost like every attack that they made was just shots going in and. You know, sometimes you think of those you think of those attacks, and you think of the way Chelsea attack. You think, okay, you know, maybe you know it was, right, it was deflection, or, right, you know, maybe that could have gone in. But it just seemed like everything just worked out. Every cross was calculated. Every every move was was well thought out of, and players just arrived at the right time. And I think obviously it's an element of you having a good day, but I also think that everybody was just in tune for once like like you said the liverpool game and this game had similarities in that in 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 the scoreline but i just felt like these are the games where they finally clicked into gear from an attacking chemistry point of view and it's it's great that for the most part this squad should be here for next season so i i just see this building up more and more and and, and has it peaked too late maybe maybe not but if they end up winning the title in these last four games, and you have these this team scoring, you know, two plus goals a game for the rest of the season, then you can pretty much turn around and say, right, that's that's you know, it's the perfect time to peak because then they ended up going to win the double. And let's be real, they have just done this against Everton. Everton have been a respectable side this season. I think Brian has done a really really good job, um, and they've got some really decent players in there, you know. So, and like you said, I think Jess Park. I think if Jess Park and um, Aggie Beaver Jones were playing it will be a different story. And the fact that we can sit down and say, Aggie Beaver-Jones is a big miss for Everton is only good news for Chelsea for next if, for next season if they want to bring her in, right? Like, she's been such a key player, maybe not with goal contributions, but movement, being in the side, being influential is a huge boost. So yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll take a 7-0 win and people saying, you know, if only we had Aggie Beaver-Jones on the side, things would be different. So I'll take that all day.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think also just on the the XG point as well, and we're going to talk, I think, about the attack after, after the outbreak break that's just coming up, but um, notable that the post-shot XG, I think, was more like 4.6. So basically in simple terms that Chelsea's shot placement uh, was was drastically improving their chances. And I think that's something that, you know, maybe there's been a little bit of... I think there's a, a point has been... It's felt infuriating that... Chelsea haven't necessarily always had that clinical edge, but uh, it feels like everyone has found it at a very good time to find it. Um. Okay, let's take an ad break here. Thanks to our sponsors for supporting the show. We'll be back after this. So I think we have to kind of start by, by talking about the goals, but Abdullah, the first 10 minutes of this match, the first 15 minutes even maybe, uh, weren't as simple as the scoreline would suggest. You know, you could look at this and say Chelsea won seven 0 five goals in the first half. They were, they must have been all over Everton from the word go, and it it wasn't actually quite playing out like that.
1: Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, I I think I think for me the first fifteen minutes or fifteen twenty minutes or so I was. I was not worried, but I was almost expecting this is the way Everton would, would be playing because they want to be aggressive. They want to press. And the fact that they started Aurora Gali and um, uh, Hannah Benison, uh, you know, uh, up front and, and Nikolai Sorensen is like, you know, their front three slash front four. You know, Gali's usually plays as the defensive midfielder. And today, she, you know, yesterday she was playing as a as as a left sided uh, attacker. And you know, when I saw that, I thought, okay, there's there's only one reason that they're you know they're doing this is because mm-hmm. they want to they want to pressure Chelsea up on the in the wide areas. They want to stop Neve Charles and and Neve Perisay from from pushing forward and and kind of isolate the the wingers uh, out wide. And especially when you have a which I know the graphic here is showing a four three three, but I, I think yesterday we we're playing a bit more of a three four three. Um, which then, you know, you've got the advantage of 4v3 in, in, in midfield. And, you know, the fact that you have someone who's a bit more defensive, I think, makes makes it harder. And I think that worked for the first 15 minutes. Everton really were pressing the channels and, and they weren't allowing Chelsea to really get out and play play their game and play quickly. Um and kind of from there, you thought, okay, fine, you know, there's 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 opportunities here for for Everton, and I think if they have a little bit more pace out wide, if they can get the ball to their to their to their key attackers, then maybe they can do something. And I think, I think after fifteen twenty minutes, when Everton were unable to kind of sustain the pressure, and and there's only so long you can keep Chelsea out, you know, if you don't if you don't punish them, um, because I think in most games you always have a window where. Chelsea will be susceptible to pressure. They'll be susceptible to, to, to giving away a goal. And, you know, they may come back and Chelsea may have come back and might as well still win the game. But, you know, you still have that opportunity to try and put them to the sword and, and go from there. And um, Everton weren't able to do that. I, f- I felt like it's after the initial buzz, initial, like, high-pressing, quick game, they just kind of faded away. And once Chelsea got that first goal, and that f- almost, almost from their first real connected attack uh, of the game, once they got their first goal in through Guru, who I thought was an acres of space, um they just Everton just kind of switched off from there and Chelsea were all right, we know how to we know how to get past this and, and they kinda of pushed forward because it just kinda of made Everton go, Okay, we've got to be on the front foot now because we need to score to get back in this game.
0: Yeah, and I think you could see that the goals obviously understandably unsettled Everton. Um, but you, you know, you're right in terms of we saw in the Liverpool game that you can catch Chelsea sleeping at the start of matches, and Emma Hayes basically said as much after the game. And it it's important to as much as this was a great win, I guess, still be kind of aware aware of that stuff because against Liverpool, that switching off almost caused us bigger problems. Do you know what I mean? Like I I do think in the Liverpool game, we played to an equally high standard. I feel like um like the the goals that were scored. Um, were really good. Like I thought, harder when she came on against Liverpool had so many chances. Um, and there was like the incredible offside goal, writing goal, and and all that kind of stuff. It's very easy to see how that game could have like gone more the way of this game. Um, but I think what was cool was to feel like something had been built on there. Um, in that sense, and and the the energy that was was in the Liverpool performance, even if it had a bit of a nervy element to it, like was carried on into the Sunday. And I think maybe we're also seeing, Abdullah, I don't know what you think about this, but like the benefit of having a big run of games at home. Um, You know, when I was at King's Meadow on Wednesday, I was like, oh my God, I've not been to this place for so long. Because, you know, we'd been playing um, Champions League home games at at Stamford Bridge. And then we'd been away a lot in the WSL. Obviously the semi finals had taken out two WSL weekends. Whereas now... um, we're at home like aside from obviously going to to Wembley but then we've got West Ham away so it's a London game and Reading away so even then you're not going far but there's like a big chunk of games we've had these two we've got Leicester we've got Arsenal and that feels like the way it's worked out for us in in terms of the schedule has been has maybe been quite beneficial
1: yeah no I I think so and I think I think I think home advantage is 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 always something that um that I think benefits the team more more so for the fact that you, you look at, you look, you know, the pitch, I think the first things first, you know, the pitch, you know, the dimensions, you kind of know, you almost weirdly know every blade of grass and where it is, you know, so to speak. And you you can time your runs, you can kind of shape the pitch through the groundsman, you know, the way you want it. You want longer grass, shorter grass, and you've got that flexibility. So you kind of play the way that benefits your style of play. So I think that's one. I think, the crowd is a huge factor. I mean, yesterday, once they start scoring the first, second, third goal, and when the crowd start getting behind you, it's it's absolutely fantastic. And 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 I think um, it kind of motivates the players more than anybody would care to admit, just like how much, like when you get the first goal or when you're trying to chase a game and the crowd's egging you on to go and try and score that goal, you almost just kind of want to do it because because they're there. So I think, and it's, it's just, and it's always nice to just play at home. You don't have to, like you said, you don't have to travel much. You just... The rest and recovery is just a lot better and a lot more um, easier to, to to manage. And the fact that we've got Leicester at home, obviously, then there's uh, then obviously the United game is, is out there. West Ham isn't far away, and you've got Chelsea after Arsenal at home, and then only Reading on the last day, kind of away. I would much rather be be okay with that sort of run because in each of these scenarios, even the FA Cup. You're you're not really going to any of these teams. You're not going far away. And if it's Sunday the twenty-first, you know, against Arsenal at home, and then a week later you're going away, it's really not a big deal. So uh, by that point, I'm 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 totally okay with it. So it's it's a really it's a really good run, and and kind of the fact that um in between all of this, really from the first leg against Barcelona, you only had to go to Spain, which was the furthest away. Everything else is kind of relatively close, and. You basically have one away game at the end of the season, which is the last game, last day. So, and by that point, you're probably adrenaline's kicking in, hype, time to win the league. So it wouldn't matter whether you were going to Reading or you were going to Villa or whether you're going, to, you know, going to West Ham nearby. So, I, I think I think home home advantage in those run up games is pretty good.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, all right, let's let's talk about some of the goals then. Obviously, Guru um, scoring a wonderful goal from her. She's just including the offside goal against Liverpool, it just feels like, at the moment, everything she touches turns to gold. Like, uh, Harry Edwards with the start, Guru Wright is the first Chelsea women player to reach 10-plus goals and 10-plus assists across all comps this season. So that's 10 goals and 17 assists. Um, what do you think Abdullah has, has changed for Guru this season? Is it, like, a confidence thing? Because we've seen her being an assist merchant, I think, all year. Um, obviously notably in our other really big WSL win, the Leicester game, she got five assists. But the past couple of months, it's been about the goals, hasn't it? it? Um, is this just a player who's like riding high or, or do you feel like Chelsea are using her differently? It's
1: funny because
0: I, just yesterday
1: in the, in the morning, I was watching an old Barcelona versus LSK game and... Little lo and behold, there was this <laughs> young Gura Rising and, and Ingrid Engen in 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 the starting lineup, and I was I and I was watching I was watching girl there, and I was like, man, she plays so she's like she's, she's grown up so much. Not even just in terms of age, but just like in terms of her her play style. And I look back at that game, and I look back at the way she played yesterday, and I was like there's just so much more of an intelligence about her. And I think even from her first season at Chelsea to now, I think Chelsea have, I think, I think partly it's down to the fact that Chelsea have used her differently. So I think that, that makes sense in terms of rather than just being a pure wide player who just puts in crosses, or I think in her second season or, or or, or third season, she was, she was kind of shifted a bit more into a central midfield role at one point for, for a little while and kind of shoehorned in there. And then she was kind of a bit more too isolated in the inside. So, I think in both those scenarios and, and kind of back when she was at LSK it was very much the fact that she was told, you kind of have to just occupy this space and run it, right? Whereas now I feel like she's got the freedom to be able to go inside, go outside and kind of link up with, with the players a bit more. And I think there's a bit more, um, and I think there's a bit more suitability in the system for her where she's kind of being given a bit more license and she's kind of become, you know, I think... I don't know if we've mentioned this enough. I probably think we have, but anyway, I'll, I'll repeat it again. I think Guru has become as important as Samka starting every game. Like that for me, Guru Ryton is a player that now has to basically practically start every game. Because if you don't have Guru Ryton in your side, you lose so much pace, energy, and dynamism on the left hand side that whereas before I'm just going to go back for a weird reference, but she reminded me of Florent Malouda in his, in when he was coming towards the end of his Chelsea career, where he was just very much a one dimensional, I'm on my left foot and I'm going to try and cross it in. That was guru in the beginning, but guru now just reminds me of someone that you don't know whether she's going to go on the outside or the inside. And even sometimes she can, you know what she's going to do, but she's just going to beat you like with her intelligence and, and, and pace combined. And, um. The fact that she's used a bit more as a left inside forward with the freedom to kind of go in and out and kind of run the flank the way she wants to, I think it's kind of just given her the confidence to basically be able to go, all right, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and not just be this assist merchant, but I'm also going to go and be able to score goals because we knew guru could assist goals. I mean, like the fact that she had that four assists against Leicester early in the season in one game and constantly does it. Now the other fact she's got 10 goals and 10 assists. I mean, if there's, you know, if we're talking about we need other players to step up except for Stam Kerr. Gururiton's taken up that mantle and, and and you know, if, if that continues, then at least Chelsea have a minimum of two reliable goal scorers. Maybe there needs to be one more, but at least Chelsea have found two out of maybe three or four that's needed.
0: Yeah, but um, speaking of Sam, like, again, it's not been, in the league at least, a crazy goal-scoring season for her, but uh, the important goals are coming, obviously... Uh, she did get the the winner against uh Liverpool, even though I think she's just more than a little bit indebted to Jesse Fleming on that one. Uh, but getting the second goal here, um, fantastic cross from Neve Charles and Sam, uh, in in the box is just like ugh, when I, I just don't I still don't understand like physically how how she does it. Um, Julie Flatty was doing co coms last night in on Sky and um she said before that like when you're marking Sam it's just like she's there and then suddenly she's not you think you've got her and then she's somehow like separated from you marking her and and uh, it's a fantastic header um and i think we've talked about this a lot this season but you know we it, it's it, it's worth repeating in my opinion you know i think we've really seen Sam's importance not just in terms of like volume scoring but but where and when she scored and I know the goal yesterday was just a second and then she was subbed like quite soon after um with a little bit of like cramping or something um but this was the goal where you were like Okay, like we're probably fine realistically. Like we're tuned up against Everton after after twenty-five minutes. Um so she's she just feels really important right now, doesn't she?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I think she's uh she's she's kind of gotten to that point where you're like, you know, undroppable, has to play every game. Not not only just because of the fact that there is no other real strike at the club until obviously Pinilla's back now and and can play the role, but isn't again a natural center forward. Um, and you know what like if she was going to cramp up and, and kind of go down and 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 basically take the opportunity to, to go off i would rather have it after she scored a goal 2-0 up and and there. i i think it was the first time i'm going to come back to this point but i think it was the first time in a long time in any game where i was like we've gone 2-0 up and there was no anxiety about Everton coming back in the game like i felt i don't know i don't know about anybody else but, or, or yourself but i felt like once sam scored that that headed goal Everyone just felt calm. Everyone just felt like, "All right, we're just gonna go ahead, continue doing this." All right, you know, Sam Kerr's going off, but and then when you see the size of Panila Hadi warming up on the touchline, you know, getting her laces on, her boots on, and uh, coming up, coming on to replace, and you're like, "This is the depth that Chelsea's known for." This is this is the type of players that you know we have coming on when one is when one is available. You have someone else coming on like this, and and I think I think just I think it was the fact that Panila Hadi came on that everybody was just like, "All right." It's not too bad, and at least Sam now gets a rest. And, and for me now, if Sam needs a rest against Leicester, you could start Panila harder up front, and it's not even a problem because obviously she scored a couple of goals and has an assistant whatever. But maybe this is the t- maybe like maybe it, it wouldn't be a bad idea to just rest Sam or even bring her on later in the game against Leicester, you know, in midweek because she's just not had a rest, and you want her fit for the uh, for the FA Cup final, and you want minutes in, in Panila harder's legs before that game as well. So it almost seems like the perfect opposition at the perfect time to be able to give that representation but yeah Samka's importance is 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 beyond measurable and 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 the fact that we've got her for a couple more seasons I think is 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 great now we just need to to get everything else around that sorted out.
0: Too busy carrying a, a big flag she is um <laughs> I mean it was a great outfit. Sammy killed it. She was yeah. she was the yeah. best dressed person at that coronation Love so fair play to her um yeah you mentioned panella i think it is such an insane boost to have her back i want to talk a bit later about being able to rotate having players come back in but um scoring the first touch and yeah i felt against liverpool you just saw immediately how good she looked um how fresh she felt and and i think it, it's something that um I talked about this season with like watching Barcelona without Alexia. Um and I kind of feel the same like watching Panilla come back into the Chelsea side is like both Chelsea and Barcelona have uh, some fantastically technical um midfielders who've kind of filled filled the role for both those players who who've missed big chunks of time out but Both of them have a level of aggressiveness to their game, which I think is what really sets them apart, even beyond their technical ability. And I think, you know, seeing... We haven't seen Harder play, like, a significant chunk of minutes as the nine at at Chelsea, for obvious reasons, because most of the time Sam Kerr's playing there. Um, But, you know, that kind of physicality and ability to get on the end of the ball, that uh, as soon as she came on, just felt so exciting you saw it in the Liverpool game as well obviously she wasn't playing as the as the striker then um but that's just I think isn't like an underrated quality in her game
1: yeah no you're right and I think I think for most of most of her career it's kind of been just playing behind somebody but almost as the main player but almost off somebody and kind of not being the main focal point in terms of uh, the focus for defenders and whatnot, and rather you know someone who wants to pick up the ball, run at players, and kind of kind of be the the, the player just in behind that's kind of built around. And the fact that we were able to see Pineda, you know, play in this role, but also retain the sort of movement that we were so used to seeing. I mean, that 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 goal with her first touch, just the movement to get off the centre back's tail and just kind of run into that space just on her left by a couple of yards. For me, that was. Probably the most impressive thing coming off the bench and and making your first move do that than the actual goal itself because to me it was just awareness of space awareness of what was happening in the box and it was crowded. Everton had three centre backs in there with a couple of midfielders and the fact that she was able to time that movement out to her left and still get the ball away with a clean strike with no 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 obstructions. To me, I think that was unreal and I think I think Panila, you know, is is such a master at understanding space and understanding what whatever position she plays she knows how to, to to pick out uh you know pick out the right decision and i think that was just telling yesterday and i think the players enjoyed playing around her i think i think everybody was excited to have her back and 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 the fact that they were trying to find her and everybody was kind of you know almost playing to to kind of service penela and i i think she really enjoyed that i think she enjoyed being in a weird way not that because Sam Kerr went off or anything or because when Sam I mean she loves playing with Sam Kerr as well they have a really good you know uh, link up and, and relationship but I think she might have just enjoyed being the main player on the pitch yesterday and kind of everybody servicing her and she obliged with a couple of goals and uh, against against a pretty decent defense and um for someone coming off after almost a few months without without playing without playing real minutes I mean I thought I thought it was uh it, it was just a great performance overall and Penela Hada is just gonna kind of penal
0: yeah, definitely. I mean, it feels like such a boost having her having her back and seeing her come back at such a high level because, you know, it's always a risk when a player's out for a long time, especially when they've had surgery about, you know, how much time it's going to... Going to take them to settle back in, and obviously it was kind of hard to judge because when she was getting her first minutes there against Barcelona, which is like probably the worst team to come back from a lengthy injury against. Um, but maybe you know now we're seeing her kind of ease in on a bit of a lower level of opposition. Um, I think we're really seeing where she's at. Um, that was obviously the first three goals. Uh, I want to kind of shift as we talk about the rest of the game to. Just confidence growing in the team because I felt like, you know, the goals from from Jesse, from Sophie, it all sort of summed up like Everton's panic and Chelsea's confidence, like players were taking shots because they could. But I thought what was interesting was that I felt we saw from the performances, specifically Neve Charles, Jesse Fleming, they were the two that really stood out for me, that... There are lots of players who, even though we lost to Barcelona and we got knocked out, I think have taken so much from those games, and are playing with a real verve around them. You know, we we saw Neve get uh, the first, well, the equalizing goal against Liverpool, and you know, if Gurus' goal had stood, that her assist, as it would have been for that, was like exquisite. Um, here, once again, she was, like, shunted all around the pitch for this game as we made changes, as we brought players on. I don't know if it's an end-of-season thing. I don't know if maybe Chelsea feel... It would be weird to say that the pressure was off because I actually think the pressure's really on. But do you think, Abdullah, that maybe the level of performance, like, players were able to put in... You know, Emma has kind of said as much in a, in a press conference, I think, before the Liverpool game, that basically... I think she was asked, like, did you have to pick your players off the floor after being knocked out by Barcelona? And and she was kind of saying like, no, because I think everyone was aware of how, how much we were able to push them and what that said about our level. Um, it, it feels like that's been a bit of a turning point maybe for certainly for, for some players within the squad.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I think, I think, I think everybody, the squad knew that going to the camp knew it was, it was going to be a difficult game and, turning it around probably was going to be, you know, maybe just beyond them just because of Barcelona's record um, at home. Um, But the fact that they didn't really lose on the night, and I think more so than not losing on the night, I think rather than comparing it for themselves for this season, I felt like a lot of the players felt like they redeemed themselves from a couple of years ago in that final. You look at someone like Jess Carter and Neve Charles, who got absolutely battered in that final you know in that four nil like they they were to the point where everybody was like is they are not at the requisite level needed for Chelsea especially playing at fullback and blah 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 we've heard everything and it almost feels like two years on both of them redeemed themselves in that game and so maybe from a personal point of view they just picked up that that, that confidence going yes okay we as the club didn't win but a we didn't lose scored a goal at the camp. And kind of, you know what, didn't really get completely beat by their wingers, you know, in a lot of moments. Yes, obviously, they, there's going to be moments that they're the requisite quality, but like they weren't completely outclassed in a way you can say that they had a bad performance. And I feel like taking that and going into the games following just, I think, does, does wonders for that. And I think, I think the fact that they're able to. And the fact that they're able to 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 kind of produce performances like that, and I think Neve Charles, the best thing is, might be shunted around the pitch, but her performance levels didn't drop, which I think was 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 a massive boost. So for me, I, I thought I thought I thought Neve Charles was a, that cross for Sam Kerr's goal was just oh so pinpoint perfect. That you're like, why? Can't, like, I would love to see that every single game, and I think it just comes down to the fact. That I think there is. Something about Neve Charles that's there. We, we keep, I think everyone keeps forgetting that Neve Charles is, is very, very young and that she's still learning the ropes. I mean, you know, you know you're looking at someone who's 23 years old. You look at, I'm just, we'll just make a quick comparison. You look at someone like Aaron Cuthbert, it is really this season, Aaron Cuthbert's had a real breakthrough as like a top class. You know, everyone looks at her and goes, right, that's a player. That's, that's, that's Chelsea's consistent player for the season. And she's 24. For all we know, next season, she finds that position just like Aaron Cuthbert was moved from right wing back to right wing to attacking midfield to central midfield defensive midfield, and she found that home in central defensive midfield. It could be that next season, I don't know. um, Neve Charles suddenly becomes this amazing, you know, left wing back or or right back or p- basically Emma finds the position after experimenting, picks one and suddenly, Neve Charles doesn't Aaron Casper next season and suddenly becomes like this this consistent player for Chelsea and and kind of everybody goes, Well, where was this Neve Charles hiding all this time? And I think it's I think it's a process. I think next season will be key. But if she can keep up these levels of performances on a consistent basis and, and kind of produce the attacking numbers that that she is now and in, in in games like this, then I, I don't see why um, you know, she can't blossom into this uh, you know, really world-class fullback. Because I think we just need to realize now that 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 fullbacks are yes they need to defend, but the modern fullback is 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 all about positioning and and being able to contribute on the other end of the pitch. And if you can compensate for a little bit of the defensive deficiencies, you can get a lot more out of a fullback. And I think Niamh Charles, in a lot of games can be a very very good weapon.
0: Yeah, I I definitely agree, and and I think what I like about her as well is. The way it feels like one, she always puts the work in, um. But I like the way it feels like she's fought her way back into the team. Defensively, there is still so much work to be done there, um. But we have seen like hints of improvement, you know. Like as I say, I, I do think, given what could have happened against CGH in the Champions League and didn't, you know, there, there clearly is a player who who can defend there and, um. You know, OK, Jess Carter came from a defensive background, so she was always, you know, probably a better defender. But when you see how much she's improved in that in that sense, you know, I think there's there's plenty of evidence that Chelsea kind of know what they're doing in terms of developing these players behind the scene. Um, the other player who I thought, again, looked really good, um, who we hadn't seen much of recently was Jesse Fleming. She's got her first Chelsea assist of the season in this game. Uh, again, that's another Harry Edwards at Harry Edwards 16 stat, which totally blew my mind. Um, but I feel like maybe similar to Neve, this is a player who, okay, she doesn't move around the pitch as much as Neve does because no one does. Uh, but who we've seen in a variety of different positions. And maybe what we're still waiting for is to exactly see where she settles. Long term, I still don't know where that works out because I think it feels like, to me, we're looking at a Cuthbert-Loypoltz double pivot first choice for next season. And then I don't think Jesse Fleming is your first choice number 10. So I'm not really sure where it comes from. But again, positive signs, Abdullah, in terms of a player who maybe a month or so ago felt like was just not looking right. Yeah, I think...
1: Yeah, no, I think I think with with Jesse, it's it's always been about the position, right? What's her best position? Where can she play? Where does she best look? And I think, much like a few of the other Chelsea players at different times, she suffered from, um, you know, position syndrome where she just wasn't sure, you know, like an identity crisis: am I a midfield? Am my central midfielder? Am I an attacking midfielder? Am I a wide player coming inside? And but yesterday, just felt like she was so confident in her movement and her running and her energy and. <clears throat> I think once, you know, Chelsea had a little bit of um a little bit of possession. And I think once the team started playing with a bit more confidence, I think it just gave Jesse Fleming the confidence to be able to say, All right, cool, I can now move around and you know, she really benefits from playing those that little bit of one two football and, and, and one two passing and with a lot of players just kind of, you know. Coming in and kind of giving her the space and kind of moving around, and she had the defensive security of Sophie Ingle next to her, so I think it gave her a little bit more license, especially with the game state, to be able to push forward. And you know, she she took her she took her goal really well. Obviously, she had the assist as well, um, and it just felt like if if this is the Jesse Fleming we can get as as a number eight or number six, uh, then I think Chelsea have three really really good you know midfielders for rotation because. You know, like this season, there's going to be a lot more games to play in 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 the, in the upcoming season. And whoever's your next choice, central midfielder after Loipols and Cusper, you're going to get a lot of games. And if that ends up being Jessie Fleming, um, then I I don't think she needs to worry about game time because what we've seen from Hayes and with injuries and things like that, there is going to be a lot of rotation. There's enough games now in the calendar to be able to turn around and say, I will get maybe 15, 16 games a season minimum. You, even if I'm playing off the bench or coming off and you look at the, <clears throat> the 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 squad depth and everything more often than not Jesse Femi will come off the bench to play at least 20-30 minutes so it's not like she's there's too many players and then there's no there's a chance it's not like the men's team but it's like 50 players on the bench you're like I don't know if the 49th guy will come on but you know we'll figure it out um here there's like six sevens you know more than likely with five subs you're probably going to be the one coming on considering one is a goalkeeper so I think I think with Jessie Fleming, it's onwards and upwards. She's still young, like like we say with most of the squad, and you know there will be a time, hopefully, with her upward trajectory where she usurps, uh, you know, a loyples or someone and kind of comes in there.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, let's take another quick ad break here, and I think just to finish off, uh, I want to talk a bit about that that exact kind of rotation thing and how how we may be seeing that benefit us uh, as we face up to this last month of football. Obviously, we have had quite a lot of injury problems this year. Not quite as many as some other teams um, who do have players who seem to drop like flies. Uh, but it's been tough, I think, without Harder, without Kirby, obviously without Millie. Kadisha drew back in the squad for Wednesday's match, we believe. Emma Hayes said Sam because she obviously went off, uh, that she is fine. We did hear that before about certain players, but I'm going to believe she was fine because she like stayed on the bench and stuff. Um, so, fingers crossed, she's okay. Um, and potentially we can rest her against Leicester ahead of the FA Cup final. We got saw minutes for Alsu Um The patented Harry Edwards stat is that, you know, that was more minutes in this match than all her previous WSL matches combined this season. Abdullah, how useful is it to be able to bring these players on? And I guess, like, specifically in the case of someone like Also, and then maybe this is why we haven't seen it so much this season, it's been frustrating, is that there haven't been many games where you can say at half-time, like, this game is done. And that's the big advantage, right, of, of going hard early, being able to win big, because then you're not forced to keep every, all your best players on because you're desperately chasing the win.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. And and I think it puts less pressure on the players coming on, uh, like halftime, like someone like Alsu coming on and and not having to worry about, I don't know, I have to try and help salvage the game or we have to chase a goal. And, and that puts a little bit extra pressure on someone who probably hasn't had as many minutes as, as she would have liked this season. And so it kind of gives her the freedom to play a longer amount of minutes, in this case, 45 uh, and also be able to kind of express herself without really much pressure on on kind of what's going on because at that point you're five 0 up and you know whatever you do is 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 really good match practice and match fitness and who knows maybe she needs to be called up in one of these next four games as 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 a as a replacement for somebody whether it's off the bench or whether it's the start and you know the more she plays and 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 the the more you know she benefits from this and not to mention. If there is a loan move in the offing in the summer, there is a, a body of work. There's a sample of work for teams to look at and go, all right, so this is the kind of play that we get, We can get rather than relying on just like a few reports and then just kind of talking to, to people at like Chelsea going, this is what she can do, what she can. It kind of proves to people in the league that, you know what, I think there is a place for, for Alsu in, in the WSL. um, And maybe sort of, you know, sort of like what Arsenal did with Anna Patton going to Aston Villa, who's having a pretty good season over there. Else, who can find uh, the right club in in the WSL? I th- I really think there's a player there who can really affect the league and 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 kind of maybe come back to Chelsea in, in in a season and and really you know contribute from you know whether it's left back or left wing and uh and and yeah no I re- I really do feel like there is a player in there that I think Chelsea could find very very useful even if it is just as a rotational backup. Um, but uh, yeah, just she just needs more minutes and, and players like her and and whoever else needs to needs more minutes um really does benefit from this and and you know you we'll talk about this in a second, but yeah even even someone like Lauren James, who's looked really tired and leggy over the last few weeks, I think came on and was just like just looked a totally different player like we saw a couple of months ago.
0: Yeah, definitely Lauren James was, was who I want to talk about next um someone who I think we saw a bit more. Flashes of, of what maybe we'd missed. Um, obviously kind of got to see her on the left rather because Canarid was on the right. Uh, before I forget, I should say, I just do not understand what Kanarud has to do to score a goal. But um, Yeah, oh my gosh. I shouldn't I find so it funny, bad. but I do kind of find it funny. Uh, hang in there, gal. It's going to happen for you. Uh, but yeah, Lauren should have definitely had a penalty. Got no idea what the referee... <laughs> So, in that situation, uh, obviously it didn't matter, really. Um, but we definitely saw some more of that speed and acceleration, which it kind of makes sense, right, if a player's been tired. I think we were like, is it like a loss of confidence thing? But I'm like, if I was tired, I definitely wouldn't be, like, sprinting around. I'd be struggling to sprint around a pitch. And, and we saw, you know, much more of that, like, focused, drive from her and maybe maybe she felt more of a freedom coming on and you know knowing the game was done and she could just do what she wanted yeah exactly
1: i i, I think i think it was a, a i can like i'm repeating myself but like for, for most places it was the game that she came on where she wasn't um needed she wasn't needed in in a in a sense of having to try and rescue a game or, or force her to score a goal and it just felt like she was so much more free. It helped the fact that Everton at this point were like, "Well, we might we have nothing to lose now. We've lost the game, so we might as well just push forward and, and play." And I felt like she really caused um, the Everton wing back and centre backs and and kind of central midfielders on that side a lot of problems. And the fact that she did play on the left, I kind of liked her on the left. It wasn't. It was. It was really good to see her cutting inside and almost. I mean, that that I mean that one move I remember in the second half. I think it was early on where she kind of cuts inside continues and kind of just curls the ball and obviously it went into Brosnan's hands directly but it was one of those moves where like you can see her cutting inside but what are you going to do um and that burst of acceleration for the the penalty non-penalty that that happened um was was great to see and and i think even there was an, it was a, another chance earlier where she could have gone to ground but she stayed up crossed the ball and obviously Cannerid shot it into the ground and it kind of went into into Brosnan's sands directly but yeah, LJ looked good and, and again everyone's peaking at the right time. LJ, Elsu, and Panilla, and, and all these players. And I think it can only it can only, you know, look good for what is a cup final and, and then the last three, four important games of the season for the WSL title.
0: Absolutely. Um, all right, let's wrap this up with player of the match votes. Um we had in our poll Guru, Neve, Panilla, and Jesse Fleming. My vote is going to Panilla just because I love her and I missed her. Uh, and she was very, very good as well. Uh, Abdullah, who would you like to give your award to?
1: Yeah, Panilla. Love the water performance. It's unbelievable. So it yeah, has to go to Panilla Harder.
0: All right. Yeah, she is winning on Twitter 60% of the vote. Guru is on 29%. Neva Jesse both on 5%. Um, Elsewhere, Beth England did not have a plan for us. Uh, Man United beat Spurs 3-0. Um Brighton beat West Ham 1-0. Villa thrashed Reading 5-0. Liverpool got a shock result against City uh, winning 2-1, which I think has pretty much sewn up the Champions League spots. Uh it looks like uh Arsenal will probably get that third spot. I reckon they beat Leicester 1-0, which has definitely made me feel nervous about uh Wednesday, I think. Leicester and your good friend, Willie Kirk, are in a pretty nice form right now. So let's hope we didn't use up all our goals. I know that's not a real thing, but I still kind of worry about it sometimes. Quick look at the table then. United, our top 20 games played, 50 points, a goal difference of 42. We are now in second because City lost. Uh, We have played 18 games. 46 points and a goal difference of 36. Uh we did very well, I think, to to catch up goal difference or get so many goals for our goal difference. Uh that cause I think to make up uh six goals potentially with two games in hand feels a lot more feasible than than it did before this Everton game. Then City in third on 44 points with 20 games played. Arsenal, 18 games played, 41 points. Villa in 5th, Everton 6th, Liverpool 7th, West Ham 8th, Brighton ninth. reckon they're safe now after that win over West Ham. Spurs in 10th on 14 points, Leicester in 11th on 13, and Reading bottom on 11. Um, I think... I think it might be over for Reading. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see, obviously, you know, with us playing Leicester midweek, we've got Reading on the last day of the season. Uh keeping an eye on kind of what happens down there is, is quite useful for thinking about the mindset some of these teams might be in. Coming up, as we've said a million times, uh, we have Leicester midweek at King's Meadow. Then we are off to Wembley. This game really feels like it's crept up on me, Abdullah. Like I d- do, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just like, why? I didn't
1: even realize. Yeah, I didn't even realize it was all, it was it was next week. It's weekend, confusing having
0: the FA Cup final like in the middle of your season. Um, it's kind of fun though that it is between Chelsea and United. Uh, given that we're also going against each other for the title uh, then we're away to West Ham home to Arsenal that game's already sold out uh, at King's Meadow and away to Reading on the final day of the season um, so we will be back after that Leicester game probably do a bit on Leicester and, and we'll also do a, a bit of an FA Cup final preview then I think uh Abdullah for now thank you very much for joining me as usual thank you very much and everyone listening thank you for listening in Uh, we will be back uh, later in the week until then Chelsea fans you know what to do keep the blue flag flying high